Eye on 2020, episode 305. Have 2020 Vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead-up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. Hey, what's up, everybody? Ray Eaton here, your host of Ion 2020. Thank you for joining me on the Thursday edition of eye on 2020 which is your libertarian look at the 2020 election cycle as you guys know every so often i have uh no time in my life and this will be a ride with ray show where i sit there and talk and do the recording while i am driving in my car don't worry i took notes and made sure that uh we are ready for a great show and that's what i want that's that that's what i try to bring up to you guys every single time but every so often you hear that uh, that background noise on the show, and that is just the car while I am driving. So I do apologize. I always try to make sure that uh, I, I announce that so you know why there's a little bit of background noise going on. Uh, but hey, let's talk about the coronavirus again. Um, reason why is I would. I mean, you're looking at the numbers. There's the numbers of cases are spiking, and I said it on last show. I was like, the reason why, or one of the reasons why, obviously, that there are more cases is because there's way more testing going on. I think they're doing six or seven hundred thousand tests a day right now, whereas like a month and a half, two months ago, they were doing a you know a hundred thousand tests a day. 50,000 tests a day and so forth. So it's just the way that those numbers are. Now that doesn't account for all of it because there are little pockets where there are uh, more people that are getting coronavirus. Like for example, Miami-Dade County down in uh, Florida, which has an ICU capacity that's full right now. That happens, right? But I was thinking about this and I just wanted to bring it up because it's important to see the rationale that's going on for, because in people's minds psycho, psychologically if the let's say for example the federal government did a blanket lockdown on everybody in America and there's not a pocket going on in your area of the coronavirus and there's low testing going on in your or there's low cases in your area then you're not going to take it very seriously whatsoever and but if you're in one of those high those areas where there's a high number of people that are getting it, like New York City, for example, you're going to think to yourself, crap, I better stay home. Like, that's the psychology that you're going to have. If they did a blanket lockdown across the entire United States, you're going to have people that get the cabin fever. You're going to have people that rebel against it. You're going to have all this stuff that goes on. And then as soon as they lift it, everyone thinks that they're free. Everyone thinks that, okay, we're past the breaking point. We're past the, the, the point where we need to worry about this thing anymore. So that's why the federal government, that's why a expansive, you know, centralized power is not good in situations like this, being the one that's trying to control the entire situation. Because if you have that lockdown, if you have an entire blanket lockdown in the entire country, then you're not going to be able to focus in on the pockets where 
there's higher testing going on where more people are getting it. You're not going to be able to find those little spots. Or if you do, when you do find those spots, people are going to be focusing on Miami. They'll be focusing on New York City. They'll be focusing on Chicago. They might be focusing on California. But they're not going to focus it on their area, and they're not going to take it seriously, and it's going to be more likely they're going to rebel. Now let's take that down to the state level. In Florida, for example, the main pocket is Miami. It may be Orlando, where they're having the higher the higher number of cases. And they have I, I heard this morning they have the ICU capacity that's full in Miami. So that means they're going to have to take people on ICU and put them elsewhere. But they're also going to have to create new ICU beds. Because you could be at 100% capacity. You could even be at 120% capacity. It's actually a normal thing for ICUs to be at capacity. Like, that's not unusual from what I've heard. It happens during different times of the year. It happens during different times with the flu virus and so forth. And it'll happen. It happens, obviously, with coronavirus. And these people have to worry about it. I mean, there's a lot of old people. There's a lot of retirees down in Florida. But by doing a blanket lockdown of an entire state, let's say, like, for example, California, then the people that are not being affected by it, the people that are in areas where there's low numbers of people that have it, where the outbreak isn't that prevalent, they're not going to take it as seriously. So as soon as they start lifting it up, lifting those restrictions, those people just go out and party. They think it's over with. They think it's okay. And they don't take the precautions that they need. And they resist the masks and all that stuff. In anything, and this comes down to the libertarian side of it, right? In anything, it's very important that things are done at a local level, a community level. And what I mean by that is your local health department, your local government is more equipped than the federal government and the state government to deal with a local outbreak, a localized outbreak. If you start, if you're sitting there, if if we got rid of the federal, if we got rid of the state government and we let the local government take control of these things, then you would have a better chance of people taking it seriously when you start seeing the outbreak happen. Because if you have a half a percent of people that are coming in and they're positive, then it's not really that important to stop going out, shutting down the economy, and all that stuff. Maybe take precautions and wear some masks. But that's about it. But if you start having 20, 25% of people that are testing positive, 10, 12% of people that are testing positive, if you start to notice the increase, at that point, you make localized decisions. Hey, you know what? We're going to, you know, require masks or whatever. Like, your local government is way more equipped for that, and the leaders that make those decisions are held more accountable to it. I just think that in the grand scheme of things, if you're, or in the, you know, if you're looking at it from the statewide perspective, they lock down all of South Carolina. The people that are living out in the country who are, who are, you know, in a rural area that's not being affected, they're not going to take it as serious. They're going to be resistant to it. The people that are in the cities that 
is not being affected as much, they're going to be resistant to it. You don't hear about a lot of people having coronavirus, so you don't take it seriously. But the, there, I mean, obviously the coronavirus is a serious thing. I've been saying it from the beginning that it's serious, but the way that the government has gone about trying to fend this thing off is insane. It's insane. And, I mean, they've, they've basically taken the economy and got 40 million people out of work. They've spent $3 trillion and they're trying to spend $3 trillion more. It's insane what they're trying to do. It's insane, but government officials, they're, I mean, especially at the federal level, they have no, no one questioning what they're doing. They have no accountability at that level. So they're going to do everything they can to spend as much money, to give as many handouts. And that's what we'll talk about next is like the fact that these people are all about just spending more money. And they're going to try to put together another $3 trillion package and give people a little small pittance of it. Like they're, they're, They spent $200, $200 billion last time giving checks out to Americans, but then the rest of that $3 trillion goes to the lobbyists and all that crap. And on this one, they're going to do the same thing, but they're going to try to give less to the people. And I, when I say give, I say that very liberally because they're not giving. They're basically printing money and, and handing it back to people, and it's going to be paid back at some point by you, me, our kids, our grandkids, or maybe even just the retirees if they decide to... Um, they decide to, to if they decide to just pay off the debt or something like that, and everyone's life savings goes to crap through inflation. But yeah, that's what they're going to be doing, and it's going to come back on all of us, you know. So that's all I got on that topic. Let me go on and move on to another topic as well. Okay, let's talk about the numbers that you're seeing on, you know, that, that the CDC is seeing or showing, or maybe your state government showing these higher numbers of people that are coming in with positive cases. And I was thinking about this yesterday, and it just occurred to me, like, if I had COVID-19 and I got diagnosed today, so let's say I did a test and they said it came out positive, my symptoms go away tomorrow but I just had minor symptoms, right? So my symptoms go away tomorrow. So I go back in, I take a test, I'm still positive. And then I go back in three days later, still positive. But then I go back in five days after that, and it's negative. I just took four tests, and I had three positive tests over that time. So that's a 75% positivity rate. And that's what you're hearing, is the positive rate. The rate of positive tests, which is how many tests were done that day versus how many tests came out positive. And in South Carolina, you're seeing it around 21-22%. If you go to Florida, I think it's 11 or 12%. In some places, it's anywhere from 10 to 25%. And you got to think about that skeptically, because there are people that are getting multiple tests. And I pointed this question out to some, uh, like a news agency. I sent that question to them. They didn't respond. But I also sent it out to just in the in one of those, um, in a, like, in one of the articles, I made the comment 
hey, you know, are more are they counting people that go in for multiple tests? And it came to the conclusion that yes, they are. If you look at the way they do it, it's just the not the way that they figure out is the number of positive tests versus the number of tests that were done that day. And that's how they come up with the number. They don't take it into account if the person came yesterday and got a positive test and they came back today. They still count yesterday's and today's as separate numbers. So you're going to have situations like that where people are taking multiple tests over multiple days. So someone that already knows they have it is going in and that's going to skew those numbers. Let's say 25% of those people are repeat tests. Then you go from 20% down to 15% positivity rate of new cases, of new new people that have it. It's so you got to look at those numbers skeptically because the media is not going to report it that way because like they always say if it bleeds it leads, right? And they need those like they don't need it, but they are going to report from the extreme most negative standpoint. And oh, look how many tests there are. We had record number of record number of positive or yeah, new positive cases today. 22,000 positives. But a lot of those positives are the same people that got tested yesterday or the day before. So you have 100,000 tests that were came back positive, cumulative, over the course of the last three months. How many of those are, how many of those are the same people going back to get a test? We've had 300, or what is it, 3.5 million positive tests in America or something like that right now? How many of those are the same people going back to get a test? You gotta think skeptically on these things because, like I said, if it bleeds, it leads, and the media needs the numbers to be hyped up a little bit. So, the truth, though, is always somewhere in the middle, right? I always figure that is the tr- is, is the case. So, the truth is the media is hyping it up like crazy. It's somewhere between the media is hyping it up like crazy and your friend that's on Facebook saying there's no problem whatsoever. The truth is somewhere in the middle between those two extreme points of view. And obviously we should care about coronavirus. We should care about our mother and our father getting it. We should care about taking care to make sure that we're not like a spreader to somebody who is older. So maybe when you go into Walmart, wear a face mask. So that just in case you have it, you're not spreading it to somebody. Like obviously we should take general precautions because we don't want to be the cause of somebody else getting hurt. We, we, we believe in the non-aggression principle. And if you're aggressing upon someone without even realizing it in that way, because you're a carrier and somehow you just are walking down an aisle of a store and you cough and then somehow that gets stuck in your, you know, that, that the little air bubble or whatever goes into somebody's, somebody's nostril and they end up getting it from you. Obviously, you don't want to be the person that caused that without even realizing unintentionally. When If you could have taken those precautions. So, generally, we just, we don't want to be that cause. So, maybe take the general precautions, but do we need to have the entire world locked down like like I said earlier maybe generally in certain areas you should that's why local governments 
will do a better job at that. Now let's think about this for a minute as well, because if you if you if you look at Sweden, I was looking at the numbers the other day because you haven't heard a lot about Sweden lately in the news, right? You haven't heard that they're not getting nearly as many deaths as everybody else. They're getting very few deaths, actually. They're getting very few new cases, actually. They peaked out back in April, and they've been steadily declining since then. And they're the ones that did not lock down. They're the ones that took a, not a completely hands-off approach, but they took a general hands-off approach to the coronavirus. Their deaths per million, a little teeny bit higher than the United States. But I think that it looks to me like they've generally peaked without doing anything really about it, except for telling people, hey, you should wear a mask, but not forcing it. And they took a little bit more extreme measures in the in the nursing homes after they started seeing more deaths in the nursing homes. So they got, they started being more protective of the old people, the people that were fragile. But you still saw bars open. You still saw people out in the streets. You still saw people making their own decisions about their health. And it looks like they peaked back in April or May. So will they... Have they developed herd immunity? I don't know. But certain areas of America have not peaked. And we continue to lock down. Can we take the hands-off approach that Sweden did, let's say in Miami, let's say in... South Carolina, let's say in California, take that hands-off approach. Let me all make precautions on their own and see what happens. This is what I this is gonna determine it though, is in November and December, January, when the lockdown states that got all crazy, or the lockdown countries like Norway or Finland or Denmark that got all crazy and did extreme lockdowns in India, for example. India is seeing an outbreak right now. 615 deaths yesterday. More deaths than um, almost as many deaths as in America, right? But they had extreme lockdowns. But when they kind of free up their economy or free things back up again, those people get back out there and act like their normal lives back because they said, oh, the government said it's okay, so I'm going to do it. Because we depend upon a government in this world to tell us what's right and wrong. So you have Norway, you have Finland, Denmark, like these places that supposedly took more precautions, maybe even South Korea, lock people down like crazy. Will they see those increases and spikes in November, December, January? And maybe Sweden wouldn't. Maybe the places that take a hands-off approach don't see as hard of a spike then and have to take extreme measures then that's i mean that's that's something i'm wondering there's no way to know for sure until we get to that point though but when i look at sweden's numbers and look them up like the news isn't reporting that they're having positive numbers now but they were really skeptical of it when they were in the midst of it they were calling it a failure. They were saying that the, they were lying basically and saying that the, that the health minister there was apologizing and saying that he should have did some things different when it was completely misquoted. And 
generally now it seems like things are look look I mean the numbers look really good in Sweden so they didn't go to the contrarian methods that we did in America or elsewhere in the world I mean look at the UK who did a crazy lockdown France who did a crazy lockdown they saw extreme numbers of deaths and they're seeing like 15% of people that are positive die now I don't know for sure if that's just a skewed number as well because it's hard to figure out those numbers I mean if if the fact is is if 15% of people die in the UK versus in France or in France 15% of people die that get it most likely it's because they're under testing rather than just the fact that people are just dropping dead because they're French or, or British or something because you gotta think about it from a rational standpoint in the world yeah there's people that have di- like there's different countries that have different amounts of uh, like people that might have higher immune system or stronger immune system or maybe some cultures or some races maybe are more likely to get infected than others I mean there are specific races that'll have higher heart disease you know there's like Asian people typically from what I've heard might be like uh, where they can't drink milk or something like that because their digestive system they're more likely to be lactose intolerant I think is is what they say like different because of the diets of the people throughout history so different cultures might have different um, immunity to certain things so maybe that would play into effect but most likely you're going to have a generally the same death rate across the board for any disease right like for the example the flu kills about one like point i think it's like point one or point two percent of people that get it different category different age groups are going to have a different number than other groups i think if you're under five years old you're more likely to die from the flu than someone that's seven or eight maybe nine years old but we know with covid if you're over 65 you're more likely to die from it than if you're under 14 because 90 percent of the cases are people that are over 65 right 90 percent of the cases of people dying is over 65 But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out in a year when you're looking back on the numbers and you say, wow, maybe Sweden did do the right, or maybe they did the wrong thing. Who knows? Maybe they have a spike in December, January, and February as well, and people start dropping dead left and right there again. But it seems to me, if their numbers, if they did not lock down and their numbers are not spiking and they're going down consistently every single week and they're really low numbers now from what I saw then maybe they did the right thing who knows that only time will tell right so hey guys I appreciate you joining me for another look at the 2020 election didn't really focus on the election today Uh, It's been tough to focus only on the election when there's not a lot of election news, but I'll bring those things to you as well. I'm actually putting together a show about Joe Jorgensen specifically and the platform that she has, so I think I might try to put that one out 
Monday or Thursday next week. I'm not sure, but um, I'll I'll obviously I'll let you know um, when I do it. Obviously, when it gets released. But you got to subscribe to the show in order to know when I put these shows out. So go ahead and subscribe to the show. Give me five star rating and review while you're subscribing. All you can do is scroll down and uh, get that five star rating out there. That would be great. I appreciate that if you do that. Um, putting the show out Mondays and Thursdays, so I appreciate it. If you want to follow me, you can do that. Iontheempire.com is my website. You can also go to I on the Empire on Facebook and on Twitter. You can like the page, and then you can also follow me there. And if you want to communicate with me, you can do that as well, just by sending me a message on Messenger, all right? And you can do that on the Facebook page for I on the Empire as well. So, but... The best thing you can do, though, is to keep on coming back every Monday and Thursday, and I will speak to you guys on Monday so you can have clear vision for 2020.